Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm happy to have you with me today. Today, I have my friend Larissa Packer with me, and Larissa is a wife and mom of two autistic children. She is a technical editor, and she enjoys reading during her rare quiet moments, <laughs> which she just confessed is typically on Sundays. Yes. <laughs> so that's good. We find we find the time where we can. So um, Larissa, thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me. So I have known about Larissa. We live in the same community and she has invited me into like special needs community groups and we know each other through family connections. And we, so we introduced ourselves. I think you introduced yourself to me. Yes. Yeah. I think I emailed or texted you or yes, something. Yeah. And I was super happy because I'm obsessed with learning all things autistic yes. <laughs> about <laughs> autism. And um, so I was happy to make that connection. So I brought Larissa here because I want to talk to her about her journey and having multiple autistic children and what that experience has been like. And just some of the things that she's learned and hopefully some things that she can pass off um, to us. So as listeners that we can learn and, and incorporate into our own lives. So I think we start by asking you to tell me about your family, your family dynamics and what your family looks like. Um, so I have my husband, Jordan, and then we have our nine-year-old daughter, Lydia, and an almost seven-year-old, Lincoln. He's very excited for his birthday to come soon. It's just in a couple of weeks. Um, and we're an autism family and we are kind of loud and proud about it. Um, every April 2nd, we throw an autism party with our extended family and we just, you know, do the whole thing. And back in the day, we really kind of caught on to the blue and puzzle piece thing, sure. even though it can be kind of controversial with some people, but sure. that's kind of what my kids have stuck on to. And so... You know, we yep. we play that up and we have fun with it. And we invite family and friends to wear blue on that day to kind of help support us. And um, yeah, I love that so much. I I never thought to do that. That would be that would have been a really fun thing for my kids. Now my son's 14 and he. Yeah, it's probably not a thing. Yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> and my oldest is 19 and out of the house. Maybe I'll just throw my own party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the reason we started it is because I really wanted my kids to not ever feel ashamed or mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. about having autism. I mm -hmm. just wanted them to own it. Just like I have blue eyes and blonde hair. Like that's just who I am. And mm -hmm. I just wanted them to be okay with that. And so even now, I mean, um, like just a couple of weeks ago, my son brought home a paper from school that he had to say something that he liked about himself or something that he was good at. And it just said something like, I am great because I have autism. Aww. And I was like, that's the sweetest thing ever, you know? And so like at I school, I always encourage my kids to, you know, talk about their autism with their friends and write about it. They have no idea how to spell it. <laughs> fine but you know it's like they it's not an awkward thing for them it's not mm -hmm. just something that we shove into the closet I so. love that nothing to be ashamed of right yeah it's just part of who you are yeah so I absolutely love that I think that's really healthy and really good for your children's mental and emotional well-being yes so bravo to you so tell me like what what additional needs, this is kind of a loaded question because you have two autistic children and that doesn't mean you have one and then a cookie cutter came and you have another that is identical yeah, no. <laughs> with the exact same needs. So 
what we know is that autism is different for every individual. There is definitely crossover and some similar characteristics, but each child and autistic adult shows those characteristics differently. So at your home, how have you managed that and staying on top of their different needs? Oh, it's incredibly challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, It rarely feels fair between the two, um, but I mostly just think like, what feels more equal versus fair? So, mm-hmm. you know, fair is everybody getting the same thing. Equal is everybody getting what they need to be successful. Yes. There's a quote that I have saved um, from somebody else who said that, but it just like <laughs> always resonates with me. Yes. Um, you know, and so, I mean, my daughter, she is quote unquote more functioning and mm-hmm. more, you know, typical than mm-hmm. my son. They're both very high functioning. Um, and most people don't even... Like, they think I'm lying when I say that they have autism. But it's like we have real diagnoses. Um, And so for my daughter, she hasn't had as many therapies throughout her life. Um, Mm -hmm. She's never had to do ABA. She's, you know, just kind of, we're always just kind of working on those next level things to kind Mm -hmm. of move her along. But it's not really deep and, you know, soul searching. Whereas my son, I mean, we used to do 40 hour a week ABA. And, you know, we've done, he's never had a break from autism since, or from, excuse me, from therapy since Mm -hmm. he was 10 months old. Mm -hmm. There's just always been something. And he has a lot of challenging behaviors. He spends a lot of his day in time out Mm -hmm. when he just needs to cool off. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a screamer. I mean, when he was a toddler, there was a nine month period of time where he screamed for the majority of his waking hours all day long. Mm -hmm. And it was very challenging. And I mean, I feel like I've had to give him a whole lot of me. And I feel like for my daughter, she hasn't needed as much. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad about that sometimes. And so it's hard to, well, and I feel like as parents, we have to really find the balance between, you know, spending so much time and energy and resources on Lincoln and then also giving Lydia an equal type of amount of attention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like it's really easy to, see Lincoln's things and not see Lydia's as much, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, hers are a lot more hidden, I guess. Sure. What I could say. And his yeah. is, you know, they're mm-hmm. loud. <laughs> a lot of issues, issues are very yes. loud. <laughs> yes. I get that. I think when I, when I listen to what you're saying, I kind of take a look at our children and I think there's never really a perfect balance. When I hear the word balance, I, I always think that feels impossible to me, to keep it perfectly balanced, because like you said, um, fair would be everyone getting the same thing, right? Equal is getting what you need. And so I think there's an ebb and flow within that. And I think sometimes for parents, one child has a stronger need for a time or for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then, but the issue arises when one child always has a strong need and for supports regularly and consistently and then you have another child that maybe does not right and so you have to find a way to check in with that other child and to uh, make sure that they feel as loved and as seen as their sibling who has additional needs beyond what they have themselves and I don't fully know the answer to that because (laughs) I I have kind of struggled with that my whole motherhood mm-hmm. of trying to find that balance and making sure that my kids who I have two that are neurotypical and two that are neurodivergent and I just try to make sure that they all feel 
they all feel my love, mm -hmm. whether one of them has my full attention for 10 minutes or another has my full attention for an hour. Yeah. You know, it's never going to be totally equal, but we do our best, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's hard. So I guess we kind of talked about this, but well, we just did, but I want to kind of elaborate on it because we were talking about the different needs of the children. What specifically have you found um, works in your home as far as meeting your son's greater needs and also acknowledging your daughter where she's at too? Have there been some yeah. specific things you've done? Um so, for instance, with my daughter, she, in order to, like, decompress and kind of regulate, she really needs alone time mm -hmm. where she can just go into a room and have her, she's really into stuffed animals, and have mm -hmm. her stuffed animals and just do some pretend play mm -hmm. in an imaginary world. Like, that is her mojo. That's her thing. And she needs that on a daily basis. Otherwise... Mm -hmm. I can just tell she's a little off. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's one thing that we try really hard to provide for her. And it's one challenging part about that is Lincoln does not like to play alone. He does not like to be alone. He doesn't even really know how to play alone. <laughs> sure. That's, that's <laughs> so common. And so he yeah. wants to play with her all the time. And mm -hmm. so those are a lot of times when I take him aside and we do kind of our own thing together and let Lydia have her time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, those are kind of some of the big ones. Um, with, they both need a lot of sensory input. And so I mean, we have a variety of sensory swings that hang from the ceiling that mm -hmm. we use. And we have like a big crash pad and a trampoline in our basement. And so we try to kind of use both all of those tools kind of together as a team mm -hmm. um, to kind of meet some of their sensory needs. And, you know, we also have a lot of like feeding issues. And so we're often working on all of those together. And mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Lincoln takes a lot of Lydia's lead when it comes to food preferences. And so I really can't even, you know, take one child aside to do this and the other one to do the other because mm -hmm. they're kind of feeding off of each other with their feeding. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, I mean, like with Lincoln, he, he needs a lot of um, direction, like hands-on direction of how to do his daily tasks. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with Lydia, I mean, we worked and worked and worked on, you know, getting ready for school in less than an hour <laughs> that, you know, it used to take with a yes. lot of tantruming. And now she can largely, you know, get ready for school and get ready for bed on her own. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just with Lincoln trying to help him along and figure those things out and mm -hmm. not be distracted. And um, it's hard because Lydia will say, you know, well, I want you to come be with me. And I was like, well, I want to be with you too, but mm -hmm. your brother needs me right now and you need to work on being independent. Oh, that's, so, that's good though. Yeah. That's great. And they do need to work on being independent. And then you show up for the hugs and yes, for the, yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. That bedtime snuggle time. Yes. And a lot of times, <laughs> you know, I, I might snuggle her longer than I do with Lincoln mm -hmm. because I just feel like she needs a little bit more from me, Yeah, you know, and she's, yeah. you know, she's very touchy feely, but on her own terms. Uh -huh. And that's one of the times when she really wants it. And yes. so that's kind of what I get from her yeah. then too. <laughs> that's, there's a book series and I think it's like all, all dogs have ADHD, all cats have autism yeah. and something like that. And I always think like, cause my, both my daughter and my son, when you said she needs that, she's, she's lovey on her own terms yes. <laughs> I always think of my kids I'm like that is so true they are like cats they'll come and snuggle when they want to yes and then they're out yes, yes. 
you go to like pet their head or whatever and they're like okay that's it like stop touching me you know sometimes she wants me to like put my arm and hand on her back while Mm -hmm. we're cuddling in bed Mm -hmm. and she'll let me leave it there for a couple minutes and then she'll say okay mom can you move that now yeah yeah sure I can do that yeah and you know what's interesting as a parent you could decide to let those types of things hurt your feelings oh yeah but instead you just take a step back and say no I'm meeting my child's needs yes And so I actually have learned a lot through just this process exactly of knowing what my child's needs are, which I say that because what I'm hearing from you when you talk about your two different children and trying to find the balance is that it's different and you kind of have to read your child's body language and watch your child and the way that their, um, their behaviors and kind of the things that they look like they might need, and then you step in and try to fill that for them as you can and as the need arises. So I do do think that's a process for every parent. Yes. Well, it's even, you know, like, am I going to respond in a strict, firm way or with love and compassion? And, you know, on any given day, any given time with either Mm -hmm. child, you know, I have to choose in the moment, which way do I need to be to help them in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it could be the same situation, but three weeks from now in a different environment, and I might have to respond in a different way. That's true. And so I'm always kind of balancing, like, which one do they need to mm-hmm. help them move forward and be successful in this area? Oh, I love that. One thing that we do in our house is respect is a big yes hot button in our house. So there may be behaviors that look like they're disrespectful but it is a sensory meltdown and they're and they're this isn't by no means um looking down on that experience because it's very real but you know they might be rolling down the hall and you're watching thinking that's that in in a typical household you might think well that's just naughty behavior but it's not yeah when you're talking about kids with sensory needs that's not it's the way that they are they're overwhelmed and overloaded and it's coming out in a way that looks actually pretty painful for our kids. And I I bring that up because um, we've had to redefine respect to some degree and what that means. They don't talk back to us. They're not allowed to talk back to us or talk um, naughty to us or be ornery, like use an angry voice yes. with us. We talk, we speak respectfully to each other and we try I need to model some tips that. Because we are trying really hard That's on all hard. of that. It's hard. It's really hard. I think my, my poor oldest, she taught me through trial and error. So yeah. <laughs> she's 19. She's, she's the guinea pig. Yeah, she was the guinea pig. She'll let you know she was the guinea pig. So I guess I want to ask you, what do you do? Because this can be, I mean, you're dividing yourself between two children who both have additional needs and needs for extra supports. So where do your needs fit into that? How do you, yeah, we see exactly. We laugh because we think, well, how do they? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Yeah. But what do you do to recharge? Are there some simple things you can do? Um. So just to kind of back up a little bit, I mean, mm-hmm. around the time that we received, so we received both diagnoses within a five month period. Mm-hmm. And, um, after we got the second one, I started having some health problems. Mm-hmm. Like I was having arrhythmia with my heart and I kept on having like chest pains 
and I just would have panic attacks and I was breaking my teeth because I was clenching so hard. Mm. And it took me a while and a lot of doctors talking to me saying Mm -hmm. like, you need to figure this out because this is your life now and you can't keep doing this to your body. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're going to die. You know, like this is not good. And I guess I was holding so much stress and worry and anxiety Mm -hmm. inside my body while I was trying to present like a calm outward appearance Mm -hmm. for my children, for the therapist, for my husband, for extended family and friends. Um, and it was just like killing me on the inside. And so that was a little bit of a wake up call. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like we even went to the ER one time cause I was like, am I having a heart attack? And, um, it was really just like a massive panic attack Yeah. and it was kind of a scary thing. And that I just, scary. you know, I don't want to die <laughs> by yeah. trying to take care of my children. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, ever since then, I've tried really hard to figure out how to create some time for me to just be by myself. And so, um, for a while we were having this thing where every Thursday night, um, I would leave right after dinner and go to the library and I would like rent a little room sometimes or just sit mm-hmm. in one of the couches and I would be there until, you know, like from six to nine mm-hmm. every night until they closed. And like, that was my time to just go and be in quiet, read if I wanted to take a little nap if I wanted to just stare off into space if I wanted to. And my husband was just doing the dad thing and the mom thing all combined at home. He was in charge of doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that worked for a period of time just to kind of let me always know that I had a time and space to go and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, um, I mean, like I like you said, with my introduction, I like to read. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, I'll just tell my husband, I'm going to check out for four hours. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go up to our room and close the door and I'm going to read and I might take a nap. Mm-hmm. And he just knows, like, she needs that time. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to take time. I mean, I'm not good at saying yes to girls' trips or a girls' night out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I've had to, like, work extra hard to try to find times just mm-hmm. to relax. And, I mean, when my son started kindergarten, he's, he was in full-time kindergarten last year, mm-hmm. um, I made a point to take a bubble bath once a week. Oh, in the mornings after I, I dropped out the kids. And it was yeah. like, that was my time to just recharge. Mm-hmm. And I could be in that bath for three hours if I wanted to. <laughs> if I had to drain the water and get some more hot, like that was fine. <laughs> like that was just my time. Yeah. So, I mean, I've just kind of had to find those little things and um, figure out how to work them into my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy. But... It's not always easy. I love that you're saying this because it doesn't need to be something huge. No. I like that, you know, you talk about going to how you went to the library every Thursday night. That's, that's not huge, but it is for your mental health. Yes. So it's, and also just finding that time. Right. And there is for me, when I would try to disconnect, I'm much better at it now, but when I first started trying it was very difficult. Well, plus I was a single mom for a while. Yeah. So that, that, <laughs> extra hard. that does make it a little harder to disconnect. But we did have a very strict bedtime ritual. Mm-hmm. And when they were in bed, I just sometimes I just lay on my bed in quiet for a couple hours and do nothing. Yes. I would just lay there and breathe. Yes. And then go to sleep because I was exhausted. Yes. But it did help me. That did help, but it does. So what I'm saying is I like that they're not 
huge, detailed, intricate themes. Right. It's well, just and, some simple. Like, in this age of self-care that mm-hmm. everybody wants to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, the first thought of self-care was, oh, I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to get a massage every day. Like, what? I'm going to go on a big shopping spree. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do for me? Yeah. And all those things cost money. They take time. And, you know, that works maybe for some people, but I feel like for the majority of mothers, especially, we really can't do that. And so then you have to reframe what self-care means. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's taking care of my body. Mm -hmm. You know, if things are not working right in my body and I've just been ignoring it for a while, maybe I should talk to my doctor about it and say, Mm -hmm. look, this isn't working. Maybe I should see a specialist Mm -hmm. or whatever that is, or you know, or just taking some time to be quiet. I mean, I had, I went to counseling for a little while just to kind of help me through some of this. Sure. And one of the things my therapist said was, you know, I want you to just lay on your couch for 20 minutes every afternoon Mm. after lunch and don't do anything. Don't look at your phone. Don't read a book. Just stare at your ceiling or close your eyes and just be there for 20 minutes. And she's like, surely you can find 20 minutes to do that. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I guess I can, you know? And so I did. And I mean, the first few times I, the whole time I was thinking like, oh my goodness, I should be doing this. I should be making that phone call. Mm-hmm. I should be cleaning this. I should be thinking about what we're having for dinner. Um, when really it's just, I just needed to just be there mm-hmm. and be present with myself and allow that. And that was really beneficial for me at that time. I think that's interesting because you almost needed a professional's permission to relax in order to take away that potential guilt that we sometimes feel. Uh So, but then I think it's, it's kind of funny because we say to ourselves, no, this is an assignment. (laughs) I have been assigned (laughs) to lay here for 20 minutes and I will do it. (laughs) So I think that's smart. That's a good therapist. Yeah. So my last question for you is... Well, I mean, it's kind of twofold because I guess what I want to ask you is what would you, this is kind of a dual question because we, these experiences change us as people. We're not the same. And for me, that's been good. I am a better person than I was before. At least I hope I am. I'm sure you are. (laughs) Please nobody call me and tell me anything different. But I just... It changes, it changes us. So I'm wondering first, like, how have you seen actual changes in yourself? And then what would you tell parents who are experiencing these changes in their lives and don't know what to do in those moments? Uh You know, those are, those are hard moments. And I, I guess I'll kind of answer it first and then I'll have you jump off and give your own reply, but I look at it and I think sometimes when we're in the thick of it and it's so challenging for us and it stretches who we are, we can't really talk about it until we're through those moments yes. and then we're able to talk about it because it's not so tender and so just right at the surface for us. And I think those are the experiences that changes over time. Mm-hmm. And so, but I just am wondering what that's looked like for you. <laughs> that's a, such a loaded question. I know. Um, so funny enough, yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram in my, <laughs> you know, five seconds of free time mm-hmm. while I was waiting for kids to come <laughs> out of school. And I saw this quote, I have no idea who said it. So <laughs> someone can look that up if they really want to. Mm-hmm. But it was something about how 
change is like a bow and arrow. And so like your life is the arrow mm-hmm. and it, it's not going to go anywhere just sitting there. But then once it's stretched and taut back with the bow, mm-hmm. you know, that's a painful process, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it for the bow and for the arrow, it's like, where am I going? What am I doing? Like, ah! and then it lets you go and you, you know, hopefully hit the target. Yeah. And like that is change and change moves you forward. And we shouldn't expect just to stay in the same place all of the time. Um, you know, I feel like we are here on this earth to change and to evolve and to become more like that person we really truly want to be mm-hmm. um, in our you know deepest heart of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before I came this morning, I was actually reading through all of like my old blog posts and Facebook posts that I've written a, um, over the course of our journey um, of getting autism diagnoses and all of the therapy and just all of the feelings and worries and concerns that have come up. And I like came to tears in several spots where mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe number one, I wrote that <laughs> to the world. <laughs> and number two, like, I can't believe that I went through that and I, I made it alive. Like mm-hmm. I'm still alive today and I'm kicking and I'm happy and it's good. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I just like had to give myself a little pat on the back of how much I have changed mm. and how much I have grown. Um, I think some of the biggest ways that I have grown is just having more compassion for people. Um, yes. You know, with whatever challenges they go through. I, I mean, before all of this, I really didn't, I kind of led, led a cushy life. Like I didn't really have that many real challenges. They were all like first world problems, you know? (laughs) And, um, now looking back, it's like, I've gone through a lot of challenging things. Mm -hmm. Um, even, you know, apart from the autism part, I mean, there have been other things in my life that have just kind of added to all of it and it's been hard, but I feel like I can look now with more compassion upon people with whatever challenges they Mm -hmm. have in their life. It's like, you know, I get it. I've, I've, I've tasted that Kool-Aid, like we're there together, even if it's completely different than what I have experienced. Um, and you know, I, it's funny because when I, before autism came into my life, like when I heard the word autism attached to a person that seemed scary to me Mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't understand that. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it means. Please don't try to talk to me. Please don't even come close to me because I'm scared of you. Uh, you know, and it was well, because just like, we're kind of scared of what we don't understand. Yes, exactly. It Got was it. like, you know, I don't get that. I don't understand. I don't know what I can say to you, what I shouldn't, how I should interact with you. Mm-hmm. It was such a, you know, big gray area of unknown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I look at it and I'm like, well, that was silly of me. Like autism isn't really that complicated. Mm-hmm. It's all just about loving that person and letting them be who they are, mm-hmm. but then helping them to move forward and grow and become the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, now I look at all special needs with a much clearer view and I just, I love them now. Mm -hmm. And it's not a scary thing. I mean, there's so much about the special needs world that I do not understand. I will never understand um, because it's so vast and wide, but I have, you know, so much more love towards all of those people now and to Mm -hmm. their caregivers and to the therapists and the doctors that work with them. I mean, we're all kind of just like on this ground floor together and we feel each other Mm -hmm. there, you know? Mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's like seeing someone from across the room and you realize they're part of the autism world and you have an instant connection. Oh yes. Because you just think, well, they know a lot of what I know. Yeah. Or we both know similar paths and experiences, even though they are also different and unique. 
I just, I think that there is, like you said, a connection within that community. I also think for me, and just from listening to what you're saying, understanding autism made me want to get out there and help other people understand autism. Yes. Because I will just give this example. I won't talk too long, but um, in high school, my oldest daughter, she, she just really struggled. And I remember sitting by a mom during one of their shows. She was in theater. And I said something like, oh, yeah, well, that's probably because my daughter's autistic. And her head snapped over to yeah. me and said, she is that makes so much more sense. I want, can I tell my daughter that? And I said, yes, you can. But can I tell you what that means for her? Yes. And I wish I would have done that more mm-hmm. because people hear autism and they, I don't think there's a full, there isn't a full of an understanding of what that actually means for that individual. And so I think when we talk about like advocating for our child who for an autistic child, we need to understand them on an individual level before we can advocate. It's an individual um, advocation. Is yes. that a word? Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. So, yeah, where we just say, these are my child's specific needs. This is how you can help meet my child's specific right. needs. And so you're doing that twice. Yes. And I'm doing that twice. And I, I've said on multiple occasions, hey, that's my son over there and he loves boxing and he loves, and I heard you love boxing. Mm-hmm. You should go ask him, you guys should go share some moves. You know, I'm trying to find ways to connect them and, and just to say, it's not scary. He's autistic and you know, you don't need to be scared about yes. that. Yes. Like you can just, there are still common ground that you can meet on. There's still, you know, there's a lot of ways we can connect. And it doesn't need to be intimidating or overwhelming for people who don't fully understand it. Right. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. I I mean, for me, it's like, I just want people to know my kids for Mm -hmm. who they are. Yes. And then when those little autistic quirks come up or the things that are kind of weird or challenging to just a neurotypical, it's like, yeah, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. And it's Mm -hmm. fine. And this is just part of who they are. Mm -hmm. But you already love them. So it's fine. Right. You know, it's just like. Make it easier mm-hmm. to help people understand. And it's mm-hmm. not just this like, oh, I just don't get it. I don't know. It's like, well, just get to know my child and yes. you'll get to know autism. Yes. By just getting to know my child. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, so my youngest is five and she is not autistic, but she has very high sensory needs. Uh-huh. And I went to parent teacher conference this last week and <laughs> her teacher It was so cute. She said, I just need to give you huge kudos because when she comes to school, she'll wear mismatched socks and um, shorts (laughs) with like a sweatshirt and it's kind of cold outside. And she like, and I said, you want to give me kudos for that? And she said (laughs) that a lot of parents feel like their kid needs to be just so, right? you know, they need to be dressed in a certain way and as much as I would love that I lost that battle a long time ago yes and so you have to be in a place where and so I said to the teacher I need you to understand the reason why we do this she's very hypersensory I'm happy she has socks on her feet yes like that's step one and step two is she had pants on of some kind. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> yes. And that is also a really great. Yes. <laughs> a really. That's, that's great progress. Step. Yes, it is. And so I think just letting them know the why behind it. I'm not just waking up in the morning 
which would be fine if I was, but I'm not just waking up saying, okay, whatever you put on works for me. I just understand that it works for her. So it does work for me, but that's because it's necessary for my child. Yes. So she, her outfits are phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You should just take a picture of each one of them. Oh, I should. Why haven't I done that? That would have been, uh, I'm going to do that. I'm stealing that. I'm going to do it. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, so much is helping people understand that it's okay that my child is not the streamlined child with everybody else. Yeah. You know, I mean, like my daughter, she, she needs to have a little stuffed animal with her at church and at school and in other settings because that's her comfort object. And mm-hmm. she's going to be chewing gum or other chewies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are just like, she can't have gum. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, she can. Yeah. Because that's not hurting you. It's mm-hmm. fine. Or even, you know, like um, after school, when I'm picking up my kids, usually Lincoln comes out first and he sits at some rocks and he just starts throwing them on each other mm-hmm. and all these moms and dads are looking at me like what are your what is your child doing yeah why are I, you letting yes. your child do this and yes. you're thinking because he he needs that that's yeah. some sensory outlet that he needs mm-hmm. right then and there yeah. and no one has come up and asked me anything about mm-hmm. it but like I'm willing to say well look this is what's going on you yeah. know and I almost just want someone to come and say why are you letting your kid throw up yeah, you so know? you can explain <laughs> and you're not he's not hurting anyone no so no. that's the whole. You know, ticket. it may be yeah. against the school rules to throw <laughs> rocks, but mm-hmm. he's—it's just you know—they're not going more than a foot off the ground. So yeah, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's the one. Yeah, no, it's true. So we have to often accommodate for things that look a little less mainstream yes. to the world, and yeah, I—I just started saying to people, "Oh yeah, she does that because," right. or "He does that because." And that's just a part of who they are. Yes. But that took me a while to get yeah. to that space. So, well, I just want to tell you that I'm grateful that you came and met me today and that you were willing to share these experiences because it's not always easy for every parent to be open about these things. And I appreciate that you are because I think we learn from each other yes. through that. So thank you so much for being sure. here. And um, for those of you who are on Instagram, you can find me at navigating.the.spectrum and you'll see me next week or hear from me.